We came here to say that you don't really want it with us. Yeah, yeah. The sports show. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. They need to arrest Mile Bridges. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's been Jesus, Lord. Oh my God, he has been wild, oh like mad. Disres- he's been mad disrespectful for no reason. I don't even know why. He's been disrespectful this whole season. It's been unreal. unreal. Charlotte is becoming like this must see team for some reason Most because definitely. of Lamelo Ball and Miles Bridges and um and, and Rozier. Like they they they're. It's like they're fun to watch. I really thought Rosier was a bum for a little bit, and then I and did. Then, and I then did. um, and then he's the um, reason Ball the Celtics in, got so far. And then Ball came in and 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 changed and made him not look like a bum. But welcome to episode sixty of the Year Sports Show. I am your host, Big Baby, aka the Soul of R and B. That woke me up. Yeah, wow, Bruce, this is crazy. Yeah. Oh, to my bottom. My to my bottom left. Um, damn, you know, we got the suit, we got the mustache today. <laughs> the voice of a generation, Peter Farrakhan, aka Pete Rosado. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Yeah, uh, Matt Matt was like, Where'd Rusty O'Beard go? Uh, it was just time to clean up a little bit. I was looking a little scraggly, starting to look a little bit like, like a hobo. Um, you know, yes. and so need to clean, need to clean up a little bit. You know, I almost, I almost went with the, uh, just kept like the beard and then the scrub down here. I look like an old, an old West hooligan walking into a saloon. Like, what are you talking about, sheriff? Your, your swoop was like Pete, come Captain on. America's shield. You said a homo, uh, like a hobo? No, no. I was, I'm about look, to look like a hobo with the beard. You know, no, you, you, you need to stick to what you look like. You look like a Motown singer. That's what it was. You know, you had right. the swoop. You know, and listen, yeah. this week this week has been a, a week of, of, of new stuff. We got a new Captain America, and now I got a new face. Thanks for ruining it. I didn't see it. And it's all good, Matt. It's, I mean, we've had a new Captain America since the first episode. His name was John Walker. What are you talking about? That's true. To my bottom right. I hate you, Pete. BK Matt looking like Matt, you look like Rich Swan today. <laughs> wow, you look like somebody about to lose their championship. You look like somebody about to lose their championship. <laughs> See, you lucky. You about to lose been, your title. It's you you lucky it's been a long, long week. I would have a real rebuttal for that. But I you don't. Really, I really don't. All good. All good. Uh, and to our top right, our very special guest, sir, please introduce yourself. Long time coming. Uh, Joe Kim Morales, owner of Battle Club Pro, family to Jobber Tears Podcast. I'm happy to finally be on. We've been working on this for like a year. Most definitely. Yeah. Thank you for, for joining us. Um, it's, again, Joe Kim's uh, one of my good friends and probably the best promoter out in, in the tri-state area, um, probably in the East Coast. So, um, so. Uh, special surprise for you guys. Um, I didn't tell you, I told you guys we were sponsoring Battle Club Pro, but we also have we're sponsoring our first match. And the first match that we will be sponsoring, drum roll, please. 
Boom. Hey. The BCP Tag Team Championship match between the main event and the Sea Stars. That's what's up. I was there when they won the titles. Yes, we were were definitely. Yes, (laughs) yes. yes. Once I saw that match and Joakim asked me, which one? That one. (laughs) That one. That's what's up. I'm cool. I'm really cool with Midas, so he's going to be surprised. I I, I didn't even talk to him about tell him because I found (laughs) I I haven't even spoke to him, but yeah. Um, Why am I so surprised to drop a steak? (laughs) Right. That's true. That's true. Guys, how's everybody's week been? Joe Kim, let me start with you. How's your week been? Oh, man, so long, so long. You know, long drive to Pittsburgh for uh, Polly M. Colt, supporting MV Young, one of the yes. good young talents out the East Coast. Uh, got a couple of friends on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, this gentleman behind me who's not out the shot, Matty Awesome, is going to be in the scramble. Come on, <laughs> come say what up, bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Matt's supposed to be on. T- Matt, I, I'm supposed to have Matt on too at, at, at one point in time too. So there I got you. you too. So, <laughs> two for one. <laughs> two for one, right here. So if you, if you're not, I you draw it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, good just thought- week. a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of exciting stuff coming out from the Battle Club camp, and um, looking forward to to doing this podcast, man. It's great to always talk wrestling, but sports is another one of my loves. So I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Most definitely, most definitely. I just you know, Joe Kim's one of my tag partners, right? Yo, we be, we be tag teaming these LeBron fans. It'd be the funniest thing ever, though. It'd be the funniest And thing I just ever. be sitting there looking like, damn, these, these fans don't know what they talk about, and then they get <laughs> jumped. Oh. They, they get doomsday device oh. the whole time. I just oh have to look. God. I'm not defend, I'm not defending a, a, a LeBron fan that I don't know what they talk about. I'm surprised you ain't defending him for what he did earlier this week. I don't got no parts of that. I don't got no parts of that. I have no parts in that because he didn't want even he didn't even want parts of that. So I'm not jumping in that. But speaking of Matt, I saw Matt on the train like two weeks ago. Like I thought he was on his way home. I went to pick up Amanda and he was and I was like, Oh, what's up, Matt? He was like, Oh, and we we were chop um chopping it up. Pete, how was your week? It was a very, very long week. Very long week. Um Parent-teacher conferences were this week, so had a couple of long days talking to parents, things like that. Obviously had a practice earlier today, uh, you know, coaching the middle school basketball team, so we had a practice this morning. Uh, so I'm still a little exhausted from that. Um, you know, it's a little exhausted teaching teaching seventh and eighth graders how to play a, a, a two-three zone. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, and then I got them running college-level basketball drills. Um, so the, I, all I keep hearing is, Coach, this is hard. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> supposed to be. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's supposed to be. It's, otherwise, it's been a good week. It's been a, it's been a fun week. You know, it's not too bad. BK. Apparently, Coca-Cola don't know that slavery is done. So, <laughs> oh, it, man. It's, been, it's been a crazy week. Are you looking um, for the North Star, Matt? <laughs> I've been singing. I've been singing Negro spirituals all week. It's not even funny. I don't oh, put man. a whole spin to it and everything. I don't come down, turn around, pick a belly, Coca Cola. Yeah, I know. Right? You, right? That's like singing. Oh, I'm man. sorry, Miss Jackson, and everything. Hilarious, <laughs> hilarious. Um, Peter, you ready for quick hits? Let's go. All right, let's get it. 
popping right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Quick Hits uh, for the week of April the 24th. And this week we are sponsored by Captain America and the Winter Soldier, now streaming all episodes on <laughs> Disney+. Plus. Um, check it out there for all of your Marvel needs. Um, but let's get into Send it. Send us that Disney money, please. We need yeah. it. Let's, let's start with the big news that just broke this morning. Rob Gronkowski, ladies and gentlemen, is now a Guinness World Record holder. As Rob Gronkowski set a world record for catching the longest pass, as he caught a pass this morning, dropped from a helicopter that was 600 feet in the air. Pete, where do you get this stuff from? Bleacher Report. Yeah, Bleacher Report. I saw I saw it too before we started recording. I was like, oh, Peter's probably gonna add this. <laughs> so, right. Gotta do uh, so Gronk is now not only a Super Bowl champion and a former 24-7 champion, he is now so, a, a world record holder. Speaking about the NFL, let's talk about the big trade that the Kansas City Chiefs just made as they traded four draft picks to the Baltimore Ravens or left tackle Orlando Brown, meaning that now the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes will get a great left tackle to protect the blind side. Chiefs traded four picks, including this year's first rounder. They traded a first, a third, and a fourth this year and a fifth round pick next year for Orlando Brown and Baltimore's second round pick this year. You know, um, we were talking about the Chiefs as soon as they got rid of their offensive line, and we were like, yeah, this is going to be all bad. And this was basically a, um, a good pickup. Um, Joaquin, what do you think of this for, for I'm a Patty little, little annoyed that the Ravens gave up that left tackle. Uh, <laughs> Lamar Jackson needs as much help as he can. He's, he's great on his feet, but, you know, the way you make money, the way you win championships, throwing the ball. It sounds like he's going to be running a lot more without that left tackle there. Uh, for the Chiefs, you know, they came up short. Uh, didn't go to didn't didn't go to Super Bowl. Didn't win the Super Bowl. Um, they did go to the Super Bowl. Didn't win the Super Bowl. Excuse me. Uh, I guess they're just shoring it up. Um, Patrick needs all the help he can get. He's he's already probably the most dynamic quarterback in football. So making sure his blind side's protected is a huge step forward. Absolutely. Uh, moving to the NFL, some interesting news that crosses across the NFL and the um, and NCAA football, I should say. Uh, LSU, as you know, we had there were some issues with Les Miles and some sexual assault allegations that came up at LSU, and this has gone a lot deeper than just former coach Les Miles, as LSU will be firing its longtime law firm Taylor Porter as well as banning former running back Darius Geist from the campus and athletics program and removing and scrubbing his names and accolades from the record books. Remember, Darius Geist played for LSU from 2015 to 2017, originally was a backup to Leonard Fournette. Uh, he actually set the uh, single-game record for rushing uh, with 285 yards against Texas A&M. Entered the 2018 NFL draft, and there were issues with his character. 
uh, in his draft uh, and even in his time in the NFL. Uh, slid out of the first round. Many people thought he had picked in the first round. He didn't. Was eventually drafted by the Washington football team in the second round uh, and was released by the Washington football team um, after three incidents were reported to Montgomery County Police in Maryland. Um, uh, assault and battery, destruction of property, uh, strangulation, felonies, uh, other things as well. And uh, Ron Rivera coming in to Washington said, yeah, no, goodbye. They had to. They didn't have any choice. Yes. And then yeah, uh, Washington, um, Red, the, um, I'm not going to call I keep calling them that. I still but, call them the Redskins. The hell with that. But the, football, the football team has had some problems with, with, with a, uh, a lot of internal problems lately. Um, spanning back to a couple uh, a couple years ago, so yeah, so really big, uh, really big thing there, and and you know it, it's you know I I feel bad for a young man like Darius Geis. Obviously, you know he needs to uh, get the proper the his victims need to get the proper justice, and he needs to play pay, pay the proper punishment. But I also really do hope that there is in some way some means of support and help for these young athletes um, because we can always, you know, we, we know that especially not only just the college environment, but also the life of the athlete, the college athlete uh, is one that is put on a pedestal and many people think they're untouchable. They can do whatever they want. The rules don't apply. And that mentality really needs to be changed. Uh, and there really needs to be a, a much better support system for our athletes, uh, especially in the collegiate system. So they're not making these, you know, egregious errors. In life. Uh, moving to Major League Baseball, Jay Bruce uh, retired only 15 days after his 34th birthday and very shortly into the new season. He only had 39 plate appearances this year for the Yankees. He hit 118 with one home run and three RBIs. He started the first eight games at first base, but then fell off as DJ LeMay, who was shifted from first to second. He, uh, was added to the major league roster as the starting first baseman Luke Voigt went down with a knee injury early in the year, but Bruce just couldn't handle the struggles uh, and the and the opening of the year, uh, and he decided it was just time for him to retire. He had spent 14 major league seasons, started his career in Cincinnati, then played two years for the Mets, one year in Cleveland, one in Seattle, and one in Philadelphia. Uh, he had a 2.44 lifetime average. 319 home runs and 951 RBIs in 14 major league seasons. Jay Bruce retires after only 14 games with the Yankees. And we will be discussing the Yankees as our first topic right after quick hits. <laughs> um, two last um, stories here in the NBA. The makeover of the Houston Rockets, Rockets continues as their longtime CEO, Tad Brown, will be retiring at the end of the season. This follows the firing of head coach Mike D'Antoni, the uh, resignation of former general manager and president of basketball operations, Daryl Morey, and trading of franchise cornerstone, James Harden. This entire Rockets organization has changed. Uh, I thought D'Antoni was signed. I think yeah, it was a right. he didn't get fired. He didn't get fired. Yeah. Yeah. And then Tony Walker. He should have got fired two years ago, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But, you know. <laughs> and but yeah, I think last but not least in Quick Hit, there are two big fights happening this weekend. One happening tonight in the UFC. It'll be the first UFC card with a capacity 
crowd. That's right. A capacity crowd in Jacksonville, Florida, full fans in the stands as Usman Masvidal part two goes down. Usman defeated Masvidal in the first fight. Then again, Masvidal only had six days to prepare for that fight. And Masvidal did that with a full camp. Usman is a bad man. Y'all need to get that man credit. That is a bad, that is a scary bad man. Six days though. And that I don't yeah, care. You take a fight on six days notice. That's 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 tough. I don't care. God created the world and, and, and the universe in, in seven. That's God. That's, that's a high God. Point. That's God. Don't, don't, let, don't let the facts get in between the good story. Is what happened. <laughs> All that and, and the second major fight happening this weekend will be a part of the Impact pay-per-view this Sunday as AEW World Heavyweight Champion Kenny Omega will be going one-on-one against the Impact World Champion Rich My Brooklyn Brother. BK My Matt. Twin brother. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In a title versus title match, many people already expecting Kenny Omega to walk out with the Impact Championship. And, uh, you know, the one thing we know about wrestling is just as as the late, great legend Roddy Piper once said, when you think you know all the answers, we change the questions. And so, you know, everybody predicting Omega's walking out with the championship. Could Rich Swan retain the championship against Kenny Omega? Stop. Don't, don't do that. Just stop. Please. The lack of – first of all, the lack of real hype for this match – it's gone. It's kind of kind of killed me because it, um, I haven't seen Rich Swan on on AEW TV at all. <laughs> Ever. I haven't seen Rich Rich Swan on AEW TV. I haven't seen any Impact talent, but the Good Brothers. I can't say Ethan Page because his contract expired from Impact. So there, there's no hype for it, and now you you you're making Kenny look like the supreme juggernaut. And which he is at the moment, he looks like the Thanos. belt collector. Just yeah, call it what it is. He's the belt collector. He's going to be collecting well, the thing belts. is, I think what they're trying to do, I think AEW is trying to do, is they're trying to do what New Japan to an extent and Ring of Honor were trying to do, but they were very handcuffed by only having two companies to do it in, in showing like that bullet club dominance across promotions. You know, the bullet club ran Ring of Honor and New Japan almost simultaneously for a number of years. Um, and the question always was, if the Bullet Club was in other places, would they have the same ability to do that? And so I think AEW and Impact are trying to do that because that's what all we're seeing is really like Bullet Club guys and kind of like elite guys doing this whole crossover so far. Um, and, you know, again, but again, it's it's only two companies. New Japan's obviously not playing along fully you have your own kind of uh, yeah. bullet club in New Japan. Ring of Honor's not involved. Like Not, not their I, own kind of the, the bullet club in Japan. I think this would work a little bit differently if you had Ring of Honor, New Japan, Impact, AEW all playing together and saying, all right, let's show what the bullet club does, kind of NWO status, bullet club status across multiple companies. But when this is only two companies, it, it, it does get kind of stale pretty fast. We were all very excited about 
the matchup opportunities that could happen because of this crossover, and we just haven't seen it yet. Though, Dre, I do want to correct you. There is one other Impact star in AEW. Who? Christian Cage. I'm about to quit. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, anyway. Look, at, look, look. See, you do <laughs> Joe Kimmy. Look. Like, really? Joe Kimmy was looking like. Time out. He's <laughs> same name, same exact in music from Impact. It literally is they just took the Impact Christian Cage, made him older, and brought him to AEW. You need to bring back the Motown swoop. <laughs> you just don't know what you doing right now, Christian Cage. Christian Cage. We want the swoop. I mean, but to 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 go along with what you're saying, I I don't. I think it's still early in the game. I think it's. I think they're still working and working out the kinks for the New Japan thing. I don't know about the Ring of Honor thing. Who knows what can can like um happen with that? But I feel like we're coming into a new era of wrestling where a lot of these companies are going to be working with each other. And I honestly, I feel like WWE might be included in, in it soon eventually too. Probably. I just feel like it's just, it, 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 I don't, I just think the level of competition is not the same no more. So now it just might go into the point where we're just going to have these dream matches and just make wrestling great as a whole. You know, it's not a competition level field where it's going to be which one do you choose? Impact, MLW, Ring of Honor, New Japan. You know, I, I, that's where we're at. I think that's where we're getting to. But this Rich Swan and Kenny Omega match, I'm I'm excited for it because of the the you know it's a it's a, it's going to be a good match. You know what Kenny brings? You know what Rich Swan brings? Granted, Rich Swan is never really on a high level of platform to show what he's capable of doing with it with a high-level opponent, but we all know the ending of this match. It's going to either be a smash finish or Kenny Omega's collecting another belt. That's pretty much where it's at. And, and I mean, granted, we know anything can happen. We're all for the swerve, bro. We're all for that. But it doesn't look like Rich Swan is going to walk out with an AEW title, bro. So, I think what's okay. interesting – What's really one, one second, one second, Pete. Let me. Uh, I want to get Joaquin's thoughts on on this as well. I think my, uh, Matt hit it right on the head. It, I, with no promotion on AEW's end for this huge crossover event, it just just wouldn't make sense to have Swan go over in any way, shape, or form, unless it's a smash finish. You're either going to get the double finish, the dusty finish, or Swan wins by DQ or. But if it's going to be a straight-up decision, it's going to be Kenny, you know, uh, because all this stuff is being one-sided. Like, how do we not see if you use a championship match for your championship, but you haven't shown the opponent for the title? So Matt hit it right on the head, um, and I think it's a huge disservice because a relationship is supposed to be give and take, supposed to be 50-50 or 100-100 if you want to really, you know, get into it like that. But how is it that everything's just being one-sided to benefit AEW? And it's just like, oh, Impact, we're kind of just gracing you with our presence. That's enough for you. Uh, you want to showcase talent? Like, it, it, it just, it doesn't seem like it, it's an actual relationship with, with you know, uh, there's no synchronicity to it. it it's clearly one-sided. Kenny's the favorite going in for whatever reasons. Um, 
Swan just hasn't been done justice in terms of AEW trying to make him look like anything. Like, you're challenging for a top title, but we haven't made you look like a worthy contender. I mean, we've even seen Thunder Rosa on, on AEW. I mean, and wasn't she like the NWA Women's Champion at the time? Until she dropped it, and now she's like primarily seemingly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she does. She is still working with the end of. She's on their next pay per view, but primarily she's being pushed more as an AW person. And considering that Serena ended up getting injured, like I kind of feel bad that Thunder lost the championship because we haven't been able to see the title be defended right. with Serena being injured now. Right. So, um, shouts to the Queen. The Queen says hi, Joaquin. I saw, I saw, I sent some hearts. Thank you. Oh, Mama. no, you sent the hearts to us. Oh, well, God, I don't know how this thing works, but let, no. let her know I sent her hearts. She, she, <laughs> knows, she, she, she it. And me, and me. Not, not, oh, of course, you always got my heart, big baby. Not, and not um, Captain America and, and the Winter Soldier <laughs> under us. Just, <laughs> that's what she says. She says no one else. I'm sorry, Sam and Bucky. I'm sorry. I apologize. Yo, I'm, 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 hold on, hold on. Like there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, oh my god! I can't! I can't! I can't! I can't! I can't! And for some reason, when you had said that in my head, I, I'm thinking Captain South America, Pete, <laughs> and Rich Swan Soldier, Matt. <laughs> he got with the Captain South America one. That was a good one. Captain South America. <laughs> The disrespect. Oh, you know I love you, bro. It's just, the it's just you know what? It's time. Like, oh, it's time for you know what? That's gotta be a shirt. That's gotta be a shirt. Yo, I'll be laughing about this all week. I swear. <laughs> Look, see. You know what, Tay? Can you handle it? <laughs> all right, sister soldier. <laughs> Tired of you. Looking like cruiserweight, looking like cruiserweight champion, Rich Horn. Right. Hey, bro. And thank you, Pete, for for quick hits. You know, yeah, I was going to say really quick. Sure. I think uh, mm -hmm. Joaquin with when it's a smudge finish. I think somehow this has to involve Moxley and Eddie Kingston, right? Because the entire story on AEW has been Mox and Eddie trying to screw over the elite, and so I think at the end of the day, if this is going to be a schmoz finish. It's gonna have to involve uh, Mox and Eddie Kingston in some way. Well, well, so because I, I, and, and it'll sound biased, but I really only tend to tune into Impact for the Knockouts, predominantly my champion, uh, Taka Steel. Who's Swan's competition for the Impact title? I believe it was the story that was going on was Moose, but I think they resolved that story, or did they put that on hold until after the Omega match? So maybe maybe it's a situation where Moose and Moxley kind of come in and then you get the whole frenemies versus frenemies thing to do a joint pay-per-view. Like that is an outcome, I think, where everybody kind of wins. But it it goes back to being pointless if AEW is not like, hey, we're teaming up with Impact for this mega event where both of us will put on a pay-per-view. And I think it becomes, it becomes it becomes a little uh stilted. When you're talking about championships, because while I like the idea, as Matt said, of like a taboo Tuesday kind of thing where you're kind of just throwing everybody into a pot from all these different companies and having these dream matches, the fact that championships 
do define things in wrestling, you're going to be hard-pressed to have companies let their champions go and have the possibility of losing a match when at the end of the day, their champion, in terms of their their standalone thing, has to define them, right? Right. You right. know, and, if, and that's the problem. If it wasn't title for title, if it was just AEW champion versus Impact champion, no title on the line, then I can absolutely see Swan going over as, you know, like a, hey, use this to propel the company, to propel yourself, and go forward. We want to big you up so that, you know, we all know once there's co uh, competition between companies, everyone gets better. So if it was not title for title, I can see Swan going over clean. But now that it's title for title, it has to become convoluted because neither one of them is going to want to sit there and say, we acquiesce to you. We, you know, we submit to you. We are your subordinate. It just doesn't make sense. When the title's on the line, the prestige is there. So you can't minimize your own prestige by being okay with your champ. You know, because I can't see Omega sitting there doing the Impact Tours as the Impact Champion. It, it wouldn't make sense. Right. And I then, see that. I don't see which one on yeah, does that mean that Omega's going to wrestle regularly for Impact? Who does he – and here's the thing. Here's that big question, right? Who does he lose to? Right. right? If he beats Swan, who are you building up in Impact to beat Omega and get the rub? It kind of becomes somewhat like the Brock Lesnar situation. Who beats him? Absolutely. I, I definitely agree with you. But we'll definitely see uh, tonight – well, it'll be – Saturday when everybody listens to this on, on on all available streaming platforms. But that was Quick Hit for the week of April 24th. Thank you, Pete. Let's get into today's topics. Joaquin looked like he's about to kick a freestyle just now. Yo, <laughs> I was feeling it. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's, that's Tavia's song too. Oh, right, right. Love that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what was that? Y'all, I, no, I, 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 I lost you for a second. All I oh, no. oh, no, I, I was here. I was, I was trying to read what Tay said. Oh, I was being it. What I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but let's get into um, these. These Yankees, uh, they have been pretty bad this year so far. Oh, my, I mean, the Mets are a better team right now. I can't believe this. I can't even believe it. The Yankees have also played more games. So, so if I they play it. the same amount of games, we'll see. But the Yankees um, currently um, at the bottom of their division. Um, Joaquin, what have been the issues that you've seen uh, watching any of these games? Because the pitching seems pretty, pretty okay. The team on paper looks good, but what do you see as the issues? I would say uh, the, the hitting just hasn't been in sync. Tons of leaving guys in scoring position. Um, the pitching after Cole is okay at best. Cole is probably 1A, 1B with DeGrom in, in terms of best pitcher in the league. Um, the bullpen hasn't been anywhere near as solid as where it needs to be. But with baseball... Even if it's a bit of a decrease, most people tend to play to the back of their cards. So the hitting will wake up and, you know, maybe it'll be something like as we get close to the trade deadline, 
uh, like when the when they were the baby bombers a few years ago, it didn't seem likely. Are they going to sell? And boom, it clicks. And then all of a sudden you're de- uh, running the playoffs deep, you know. So I think it'll 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 get back to it. You know, you can't have all that firepower. I think once Judge is stable and healthy, he's going to start to rake. LeMayhew has been the best Yankee for the last few years. Still shaky. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's coming off that shortened season that did it, but the bats will wake up. They will, and once they do, they're gonna sh- they're gonna they're gonna show you why they have a two, uh, over two hundred million dollar you know salary uh, every year. These guys are players. They are bombers. You know to 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 you know put the pun in there. I think it'll wake up. It's just it's just taking time. It could be for whatever reason the shortened season, uh, lack of chemistry, COVID itself. It could be you know COVID fatigue. Whatever is going on is still kind of lingering about with the Yankees, but those those bats, they're not going to stay dormant for the whole season. They're not. Matt, your thoughts? Um, I'm, I'm more or less with Joe King on that. It's just they're not hitting, like, to their potential. I mean, granted, it's still it's still early in the season, so, I mean, we it's not much to worry about. It's only April. You know, so, it, it, you know, even though it's a convoluted season, you know, it it won't stay that way for long. I don't expect them to be the bottom of the division for the whole season. They'll probably wake up within like a month or two. So, I mean, it's not much to worry about. They just got to, they got to hit that, that. That's pretty much where we're at. They, I mean, the pitching is dope. It's not like great to, but it's, it's leading up to the expectation of it. It's just, they need to hit. That's all that it is. They need to hit. Um, Pete. I think it's a lot more than they need to hit. I mean, it's this is what I don't like about the new era of baseball, and this is why I do enjoy the National League to some degree. There's still an idea of station-to-station hitting. There's still an idea of getting the man in scoring position, bringing the man around to score, doing the little things that you need to do. The Yankees, for a number of years, and some American League teams have done this as well, and even some National League teams, they have lived and died by the home run. That's what it's been, right? When the Yankees were great in the late 90s, even the early 2000s, even when they weren't winning championships, but they were still perennial playoff contenders, they didn't live and die by the home run. You still had guys who could hit doubles. You had guys who hit into the gaps. You had guys who – now, I get it. Things like the stolen base is relatively gone from baseball because of analytics, because of the new way – of doing baseball. You know, some of that stuff is gone, and there's really no way of getting that back. But the idea of fundamental hitting still needs to be something that teams do. And when you have players like Aaron Judge, like Aaron Hicks, like Giancarlo Stanton, um, when Luke Voigt comes back from injury, who literally are trying to hit the ball into the next city every night, it becomes a problem. And – you know, you need to get back to, like I said, getting singles, getting doubles, hitting balls into the gap. People talk about, like I brought up Jay Bruce retiring in quick hits. And one of the reasons why people say he retired is because he couldn't beat the shift. You know how you beat the shift? You hit the ball to the opposite field where the hole is, right? There's a huge hole, right? And when you learn how to play baseball, they teach you. And, and playing baseball in high school and college for so many years, you were always taught. You hit the ball where the players aren't, right? And so if they shift you to the right side, hit to the left. Dump it into left field. 
hit it down the hit it where the players are not. And then you start to get them to get out the shift because now, oh, wait a minute. He's hitting the ball to left field. We can't shift to right field because now we have to defend the, the gap. Guess what? Now they not in the shift. You now have more options of where you're hitting. And, and it, that's been the problem. Yes, the pitching is still the problem in terms of like Kluber still needs – I've seen good things out of Kluber. I've seen good things out of Montgomery. Um, Tal, uh, Talion has been hot and cold. The pitching needs to come around. I want to see what it's going to be like when Severino comes back. Um, but the hitting, the hitting can carry them if they hit well and correctly. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna interject here though. But okay, so I'm gonna make a comparison to basketball. The game was forever changed once Curry could pull up from forty. Once right. Lillard could pull up from forty, the especially in the the American League, the game is just different now. You're either going to strike out or hit a home run. That's where it is. So it can't be as simple as just hit it where they're not. Now I agree with you because I'm all about small ball. That's how the Royals beat the Mets. Small ball. Um, but what you're saying for these people, like Jay Bruce, was a solid hitter, but even the great hitters can't make that adjustment because you're talking about professionals who have been doing this in a certain way for the last 20, 25 years. The greatest can do it. You can expect someone like Mookie Betts or Mike Trout to open or close the stands depending on the shift to spray the ball where it needs to go. But you're talking for for the 85% of the league, they're just stuck in their ways as much as it sucks to say. And analytics have, have dictated that the game has changed in, in a manner where you're going to go long or you're going to strike out and everyone's kind of okay with it. So you can't sit there as great as the Yankees are. You can't sit there. You can't expect them to make that change. That's why they just got to put the bat on the ball. Maybe yeah, not Bruce drive it. Doubles machine. Jay Bruce Maybe. with a doubles machine in okay, Cincinnati but, with the Mets. So you're telling him now he can't he hit did. doubles? I'm not saying he can't hit doubles, but to sit there and expect him to hit away from the ship isn't going to work. That's why the shift works on him. That's why he ended up retiring. What I'm saying to you is it's more than just you can play into the game the way it's set up now, but make contact in such a way that if the person's on third, they'll come in on a sack fly. You know? And that's and they're, what they're, they're not putting they're not they're, there's there's ways to create offense without going yard yes. or completely changing the way you hit. And you've got to you've got to put that ball up out into the outfield. So I agree with you. Again, I, I totally agree with you. I'm a proponent of small ball, but that's not what the Yankees do. So you can't sit there and just say, hit it in the gap. None of those guys are Mike Trout level. Not even Aaron Judge has shown the ability to play small ball. The guy's six, seven, three 300 pounds of rock-solid muscle, so you can't expect that. And I don't I want Judge to do it, right? Judge and Stanton and all well, who else can do it, right? Like, the the is- Mayhews has been a, a bit of a spray hitter. And that, that's kind of why he was on the um, the MVP battle. Like, he did everything well. But he's also playing kind of out of his mind for the last few years. And Yankee fans have hope that he's keeping it up. And I think he's starting to shift to more normalization where he was when he was a Rocky. So, I again, I'm agreeing with you. Small ball should be how, right. it, how the game is should be played. But analytics have dictated, especially in the American League, you go long or you strike out. There was a reason why Tino... Paulie, yeah, but that's a different era. No, that's a different no, no, what, I'm, era. what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that there's a re like 
we know that position means not position, but lineup position usually dictates what your role is as a hitter. Yeah. Right? That three, four, five guy should be the power guys, the scary ones, the ones that are knocking in the runs, right? But and that's Pete, why, what if what if evolution means that all of them are power hitters now? Yeah, it, it, that's, that's just where what the it game is. Headed. It, it, but, but exactly, Okay, you're right, Matt, right? So evolution says the game's a power hitters. The problem is, just like in football, good defense will always beat good offense. And in baseball, good pitching will always shut down power hitting. Now, good pitching will not necessarily always shut down solid, good hitting. The fundamental things we learn as baseball players when you're young and you're playing baseball, work the count. Make them throw strikes. Make them give you a pitch to hit and hit into the gaps. Now, Joaquin's right. Everybody's mashing now. But the Yankees are not working pitch counts. The Yankees are not making pitchers throw strikes. Pitchers are knowing that the Yankees are just going to swing at everything close. Right? And so they're throwing stuff. I've seen pitchers in recent weeks in Yankee games going into the sixth or seventh inning, barely hitting 90 to 100 pitches because the Yankees are not making them work. The, the fundamental idea of baseball is get into the bullpen, right? Because as good as the bullpen pitchers are, they're not going to be as good as the starters, no matter how filthy they are, right? This is why Gio Urshela, this is why Mike Tockman, this is why Kyle Higashioka, all these like, unknown Yankees have been completely like loved by Yankee fans because they do those things. They hit into the gaps. They play smart baseball. They work the count. They do all of those things. They get on base. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they do the things that we want to see in baseball. Yeah. Do I want to see Aaron judge hit 40 home runs? Of course. Do I want to see young Carlos Dan hit 40 home runs? Of course I do. But I also want to see Aaron judge, get walked because they know I don't want to pitch to him because there's two guys on base because he's able to get guys in. They are not able to capitalize with runners in scoring position. For the last three years, the Yankees have led the league in the lowest batting average with runners in scoring position. That is not baseball, and that Mm -hmm. is not Yankee baseball. Well, then the question to the table real quick before we move move on is – does it need to be a roster change? Because it sounds like the Yankees are full of sluggers and, and not enough tool players. I don't think so. I just more or less think that they just – like I said, I don't feel like it's going to be like this for long. Nah. It's, it's, again, it's only April. Nah. I, I think we're reading a little bit too much into it. Yeah, nah, they, exactly. they they had a, a losing streak. They played the Rays. And, and, like, what do you expect? I mean, it, 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 it it's too – it's early. Maybe in like three months we can have this conversation, and right. if they're still right. like, right. and if they're still exactly. dormant, then we can have this conversation. And they're not going to really say the Mets are better than the Yankees right now. I, I don't feel comfortable saying that right now because it's still too early in the season. It, yeah. It's, it's the, early. The Mets are playing like the Mets. The Mets are not doing exactly. anything out, out but of I'm, the but, world right now. But I think yeah. they're above five hundred right now. So, <laughs> like. Yankees aren't. <laughs> you gotta. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like you gotta. You gotta 
a spade is a spade. I get it. Don't like, but I'm not. Yeah, no, I, I no, no, I get you. Yeah. No, I get you. No, I'm I, just I, saying, I like, I, 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 I agree <laughs> with everything Pete is saying. You gotta have more, more strategy to your swings. It's not always home run and and, and, and go. I get it. I understand that. But what more do you expect out of that team? And, right. and in this era, it, it's gonna like. That's the game now. It's like saying when you go in the like he used the the, the NBA analogy. It's a three point game now. You got big men shooting threes. It, it it is what it is. So I mean, you gotta you gotta change with the times, but you gotta be smart with your swings. So I get right. it. Right, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like, so let's say the Yankees leave runners on in scoring position seventy percent of the time. Right. Let's say of that seventy percent of the time. 45% of the time, there's a runner on third. Now, if you start getting sack flies to bring that run home, you change the game because a run has been scored. You either jump out in the lead, you bring the lead that the other team has a bit closer. But what happens is now the bullpen is like, we have to pitch different. You're always going to pitch different when you have a three-run lead to a one-run lead. And, and that's where it starts. Start getting sack flies. The ball isn't being put in any kind of play where a run can score. And that's what I'm saying. And that's how you start waking those bats up. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so we go from one New York team, <laughs> <laughs> one New York team to what the hell? Tay, Tay is at, t- this is what he's laughing about. Tay again. <laughs> <laughs> We all said the same thing when we saw it. Like, Pete, where's what? your beard? He has, has no beard. He has no beard. He has no swoop. This, I don't. This, I don't know. He's in love. Is, he's not he's Pete. Rosado. He's Peter Rosado today. He's Peter. He's, he's Peter. Peter. He's Peter for sure. He's Pedro right now. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he really look like Kip from from Napoleon Dynamite. Great way that's, to eat all oh, the chips. Oh, oh my God! I remember. <laughs> Oh man! Oh lord! <laughs> Great way to eat all the freaking chips, Kip. <laughs> That's tough, Peter Rosenberg. If it'll get me on a damn pre-show panel, I will shave every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch your left eye, people. Creep. No, I see. It's little kids. It's little kids. They just playing out in the street. You know I'm what I say. You know, you, them, you know what I say about them. You know what I say about them kids. I ain't gonna say. I ain't gonna say. I will. I we all we we all from the hood. I will whoop a kid's ass if he do the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then tell their parents you did it. Too. Yep. Yeah. Oh man. So from one New York team to the number four seed in the in the Eastern Conference. Ooh, hashtag Knicks take is back. Nick take. Who would have thought we would ever be saying this? Oh my god! <laughs> like, uh, oh, we. Uh, I like. I can I just say one thing before you go? go Nick? Julius Randle might need to be in the MVP talk. <laughs> I'm, so, so, I'm sorry. I'm definitely gonna get votes. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. I'm, I'm, because I remember when he got the contract. I was like, "What are they doing?" And now I see what they are doing. Julius <laughs> Randle is born. He is. Balling, he's been. It's like he's New York bread and and butter he right now. Like he it, is right? Yo, balling. Tell, oh tell my me, god, he he is. I watch him, and it's like he's taking the best parts of Larry Johnson, Anthony Mason, 
uh, Zach Randolph with a little bit of like a Chris Childs or Charlie Ward. He's starting to play point forward. Like, it's yeah. unbelievable. He's become a double-double machine, always a, tre- a threat for a triple-double. He's There is no person who's going to win most improved player over him. He might and win. They're, and they're beating the Raptors right now. What? Yeah. And they're beating the Raptors, Raptors right, right now. Yeah, see, so we're looking for nine. Was it nine or ten? Um, we're dragging. What are we dragging? Hold on. <laughs> I, I was just about to give Tay all the love in the world. Now, what are we dragging? She's thinking that Julius Randle is all right. He's like, he's good. No, she's, he's not no, she's, just, she's saying it right here. He's really good. He's, but he's not oh, MVP. No, I, I agree. He's not he, MVP. He's not, I, I'm he's not, not saying he's, he's not grandma good. He's I, MIP. I, he's most improved player. Not even. Yeah. Now I would say he should be in the in in the in the talks. I don't think he'll he get should a vote. be he'll the get a MVP. First place, one don't get me wrong. Vote. I will get, get into the you, smoke you, section. I'm gonna go into the smoke section with my MVP. We gonna <laughs> go there. But no, I'm not. I'm not saying Julius Randle is is the MVP, but he's playing like one, and yeah. and and it's showing with the Knicks and. Like yeah, definitely most approved. He that that's hands down. I'm not even gonna argue. Definitely, with you that one. if he doesn't He's get, he, here's what I need to see. I need Tibbs to get coach of the year. I need definitely. I need Tibbs to get coach no. of the year. I need if not him, him Doc. He won't win it. He won't win it's it. It's either him or Doc because Doc. It's well, him Doc or Quinn, not number one. No, no it's one. him. It's him Doc or Quinn Snyder. Snyder. What about Steve? Uh, what about Steve? Who's the um, Matt, don't make me remove you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Is it the Jazz's coach? What's the yeah, what's Quinn, Snyder. Quinn Snyder. Okay, so who's the Suns coach name? Oh, oh, oh man, I forget. Those Chris Paul. Two. Chris Paul. Yes, Monty Williams. Yeah, Monty Williams. Go there. You go. Those two are. I think we're going to be out because. The Eastern right. Division's always been uh, the weaker of the two. And to have both the Sun and the Jazz being as great as they are with all the firepower on the West Coast is you got to give them props. Tibbs is going to be another one, just like Randall. They'll get votes, but they won't win it. And what I love about not- what Randall's doing is Randall has been highly efficient as well. He's not yeah. taking 40, 50 shots and only making 12, 13, 15 of them, right? He's really, if it's like in today's game right now against Toronto, he's seven for 10 and three for four from behind the from behind the arc. So the guy is putting in work. I think there's a lot of players, in my opinion, that can go into the most improved category. I think Lonzo Ball deserves a most improved uh, player look. Nope. Um, nah, Julius Randle, of course. Um, you know, there's a lot of players that are going to go really unheralded. Um, there's just a kid, a kid I want to bring up that I think has been doing a really great job, um, especially for a team that nobody's watching, and that is Grayson Allen out in Memphis. This kid went from yeah. a draft, yeah. a complete draft bust, to being a key starter for the Memphis Grizzlies, showing that 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 range and that game that he had in college. He's still um, cheating and stuff too. He's still yeah. playing dirty and everything. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say, Pete, if you think Grayson's gonna win most improved over He's his, not uh, going to Randall, then you're tripping. Grayson, yeah. you're tripping. No, but I get I get the talk. Grayson Allen's been balling. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. And yeah, absolutely. I, I just think it's just that team. That, yeah, that and team even the two Bogdanoviches. Yeah. The two Bogdanoviches have been great. One for Utah and one for Atlanta, I believe. You better, you better get. I dropped one in fantasy because so you might, you might, might go need to go pick him up, Peter, because you're getting trounced yeah. this week so far. So, 
But yeah, I know. I think there's a lot of there's been a lot of uh, play this year. But I agree, Julius Randle definitely needs to get MVP consideration because of what he's done. The Knicks do not. The Knicks are getting a number one, uh, number one draft pick consideration or lottery draft pick if Julius Randle's not on that team. I agree. I'm just, I'm just waiting. For, I'm just waiting for the prop bet. I'm just waiting for the prop bet for the Knicks getting past the first round. Because if the Knicks hold steady at the number four seed, they are going to play the Hawks in the first round. They are trouncing the Hawks, Hawks in the first round because Trey Young is done for the season. But you remember, if, like, if it's four or five, they're still going to play the Hawks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Unless, so, the, unless the Celtics overtake the Hawks with the with the five. It's not happening. It's not happening. I don't think that's happening. We're, yeah, we're, we're yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got do know Trey Young is hurt, right? Like, yeah. he, he's hurt. The Celtics True. can easily take that spot. They're playing not the best, but neither is teams that we predicted. Like the Celtics, the Heat, like those the teams like that that can move up in ranking and, you know, kind of Knicks playing for the Knicks. But right now he's only out for two games. The, 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 the Hawks have only said – He's out for two games, no major damage to his ankle, but the question is going to be, you know, is he going to miss more than two games? The 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 Hawks are tied with the Knicks right now uh, for four and five. The, the Hawks are slightly behind them due to strength of schedule. Um, the Celtics are only one game behind the Hawks and the Knicks, and the Heat are, the only, heat. Uh, are in the seven seed nine games out. So you essentially have – the Knicks, the Hawks, the Celtics, and the Heat, four to seven. That could all change. One, two, or three games could change all of that. Um, yeah. I think the Knicks can defeat just about any team under them with the exception of maybe a full-strength Celtics squad and a full-strength Heat squad. If the Heat pull off what they did last year in the playoffs, I don't think the Knicks can beat them. I do think they can beat the Hornets. I do think they can beat the, the Hawks. And I think what the play-in game would be what? Eight versus nine, or is it nine versus ten? It's uh, seven versus ten, eight versus nine. So it's going to be the Heat versus yeah. the Wizards. Yeah, the Heat versus the Wizards and the Those Hornets. And the Hornets versus the Pacers. So I, I can see that happening. But I, I would like to – listen, I'm willing to lay money – if the Knicks make the playoffs, depending on who their opponent is, I'm willing to lay money the Knicks make the second round. Bro, that's a well, yeah, somebody, you. somebody, uh, I, I forgot, I forgot the gentleman's name, but he said he wouldn't be surprised if if the Bucks played the Knicks. Uh, there you yeah. go, because we have seen tough defense has been Giannis's kryptonite in the playoffs, and that's the thing. Like that's why this Knicks team is start is is reinvigorated the city and is starting to look like those '90s Knicks teams. Defense is something that doesn't slump because it's all about hustle. And if you get all 15 of those guys to, to to dedicate themselves to hustling on defense, that will remain consistent. Shots will drop. Shots will bounce out. But defense will remain consistency because it's all about heart and desire and a willingness to play it. Giannis' so, biggest kryptonite is transitional defense, right? Because he he's, yeah. not a, he's not a sit there and make a play Type of a player because half court, half court defense. Half court yeah, defense. he's not he's not a half, yeah he's not a half court player. So if you stop him on his transition, right, he's not going to be worth anything. That's how Miami beat him last year. 
That's how uh the Toronto the Sixers beat them. That's how Toronto beat them. They stopped that transition. Beat. You stop right. his transition, you you're forcing his teammates yep. to beat you, which is not mm-hmm. formidable to certain teams that like the Knicks, who has a whole team that's bought into this this Thibodeau system and can play half court defense and they play transitional defense. They block. They 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 rebound and that's that's the Bucks game. They're they're big on offensive boards. They're not going to be able to get that on the Knicks. They're going to be think. that's going to be a fight with the Knicks. Yeah, the so, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the guard and playing I, the playoffs is going to screw the Knicks. That's I, and and that's what I was just about to bring up. Not just the guard play, but um, I I like RJ Barrett. I like RJ Barrett a lot. His consistency is a problem with me. Um. I feel if the Knicks had one other really good scorer, they could probably they can probably. I'm not saying they, they'll make. The you mean final. like a guard? You mean like a guard? A guard or a forward or or, or 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 any type of wing that can play two, three, four, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. That Randall could get the ball to outside of RJ Barrett. Um, I think the Knicks would be a bigger problem. I think their issue is. Them only having two people to really get the ball to. I like I like Bullock. He's he's a knockdown shooter. Yeah. Um, after Bullock, you got um, Quibbly, but he's hit and miss. He has his moments. I'm not really depending on Derrick Rose to be shooting threes for me in the playoffs. I don't and, depend on him to shoot threes, but I do. I do right. feel like I can I can count on him to have big moments in the playoffs. That's what one thing I, I think I could count on him for. Go ahead, Joe. What's what's D'Angelo? Uh, was D'Angelo Russ, D'Angelo Russell? D'Angelo Williams? Uh, Russell, Russell. D'Angelo Williams is the former. Yeah, <laughs> Williams is the former Impact Tag Champion. Okay, so <laughs> Russ, yeah, Russell. What's his situation? Because I feel like in this system, with his shooting ability and the fact that he does, he's a he's a he's a coach's kind of player who will just listen to what the coach needs. He could fit in the system being that that guard that can score, being that like one two punch where it's not gonna be a crazy price tag and he can fit with the Randall. Uh like he's a player that would that hey, could this possibly happen? Because everyone's talking about the rumors of like Devin Booker and then that whole Zion interview where he waxed poetically about New York and then for the last six seconds he was like, Oh yeah, I like New Orleans too. But like, let's <laughs> you know. I think with this Knicks team, with the culture being changed, there's more of a sense of realism. So let's get, let's talk about realistic players that could fit with where they go. Where it's not like, oh, we're gonna get this, you know, seventy billion dollar superstar, but they will fit the system and and uh, provide a need that is definitely something that the Knicks are missing. Like Barrett's a good shooter, but you know, Russell would be a much better scoring option. Absolutely, absolutely. I and, totally and agree. Is there you. any question? Is there any question? Pete, on... Amanda doesn't recognize you either. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, um, What's up, Dave? Do we have uh, any any idea if Mitchell Robinson will be able to be back for the playoffs? That's a key uh, thing too, because that actually, you know, that takes the pressure off of Nerlens Noel to to be the 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 prime rim protector. Um, but. If he can be back by the play, no, he. I think he's out for the, the season because I think he broke his foot. Fractured his foot back in March. Right. Well, after he came, he came, after he came back, 
What's good, yeah. Dre? What's good, Dre? What's good, Dre? Is anyone, anyone else getting um, like early Marcus Camby on New York rim protector vibes from Nerlens right now? Yes. Yeah, yeah I love it, man. Well, that's they what he remind, loves. They remind me of that, that Nick team. Yeah. Even when he got drafted by Philly. Yeah, even when he got drafted by Philly, he was always compared to a Marcus Camby type player. Um, but he's he got like Camby provided that tough when he came to New York, that toughness went up a notch. And I feel the same thing happened with Nerlens. Mm-hmm. Like his yeah. toughness kind of went up a notch. Like, nah, this is a city I gotta fight for. I think yeah. if the Knicks could get rid of it's one of their point. It's one of their point guards. Frank Nilakina. Get rid of Nilakina. Get rid of. Uh, I like Peyton. We gotta get rid of him too. Uh, yeah. I like Elgerman. I like Elgerman. He's dope. He's super hot. He is. He's like, hot and cold. I give you. He, no, he's JR super Smith cold and medium. Admit, bro. He, when you when you order Jr. Smith bro, from Wish.com, that's what Alfred is. He's way too Ooh. hot. Way too cold. Oh yes. When we can just get the actual J.R. Smith. Right. Like, Hold up. And it would cost sure. us it would cost us nothing to get J.R. Smith. Bro. They are. No, Trey is 100 percent correct. That was something. So I believe definitely, Dre. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. They literally, they literally <laughs> signed. Yeah. They literally signed. Because I think one of their directors of player personnel is a former Kentucky guy himself. Oh so God. they signed almost all the Kentucky kids. Um, Calipari's like, yeah, go to New York. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. That that's actually hilarious. But all in all, we we definitely um, New York. I said this before. I said this last year. I'm gonna say it again. When New York is good in basketball, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about Brooklyn. But when the Knicks are good, the NBA is good. The NBA flourishes. The reason why I'm not talking about Brooklyn right now because Brooklyn got their own issues, which is good for it, which is a whole nother episode in itself. But the basketball gods have spoken about. Listen, Brooklyn. I'm so. just saying right now, in one year, mm-hmm. Tibbs Tibbs has become top three New York <laughs> Knicks coaches of the yeah. last thirty years. Okay, Tibbs in the in just this year alone, one of the top three Knicks coaches of the past thirty years. Jeff Van Gundy, Tom Thibodeau, and Eddie. <laughs> well, you said 30 years, so then Riley is technically still in that time frame, isn't he? You got to relax. Yes. 90, relax. Okay, so yeah, top four. Yes. So Riley as well. But Eddie's got to be in there. If yes. Eddie's not in that top four, we got a problem. You got to relax. You gotta relax. I mean, I mean you, it's the lack of swooping beard, man. Like Eddie, that, Eddie that joke's Eddie on a million today. Bro. Eddie was better than Don Chaney. Eddie was better than you know uh, all of that. Within, uh, Can we just give a hand clap to to, to James Dolan for just? No, no, sitting your ass in the goddamn office. No, hold on, let me finish. Sitting your ass in your office and shutting the hell up and not saying nothing, not getting involved with nothing. Ain't nothing Sitting to get involved in because nobody goes. Nothing. <laughs> Shout yeah, out to Leon kick, Rose. You can't, you can't kick, kick nobody out of the You can't kick Shout nobody out the garden. You, you, nah, you, you know why you can't give him credit? Because it's akin to you cheating on your wife and she keeps taking you back. And then she finally gets tired, pulls the, pulls the, you know, cocks the hammer back. Puts it to your junk and like the next time it's over, bro. Like you can't give him credit because he kept messing up. He's been messing up forever. 
So no, it, it's it's too many mistakes. Now, if right. he stays this way and he allows Wes and Thibodeau to run the team for the next five, ten years successfully, then we can revisit this and give him a round of applause. But right uh, now, it's just I I I messed so much up with Phil Jackson and allowing it. I knew I was gonna fire him, and I still allowed him to make that pick. Like it, it was it was it was. He is too. He's dug his hole too deep for him to get out. He's gonna have to wait for rain and a bit of that mud to come in to start slowly crawling his way back up. So okay, maybe, we, we maybe in a that. few years, Matt, we can give him that round of applause. But it's 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 step <laughs> one. He's he's on the on the ring of AA. He's he's only at step one. So you can't so Joe, applaud him for step one so, yet. So, you so can Joe, acknowledge him, but you can't applaud him. So Joe King, do you agree with my stance on we should piss on his desk? You agree we with my should. Stance? My dude, my dude, my dude, I'm telling, I'm telling, my dude, my dude, we should not only piss on his desk, Thank we you. should make him clean it up with his hairpiece. <laughs> oh man, yo, thank you. It made me feel like I was, I was wrong for saying it. No. It's not right. No, it's because, James Dolan. He deserves look, everything he got. I'm sorry. Look at it. Look at it. For the last, we're gonna go all the way back to when the Jets last won a championship. Oh my god! In New York sports, <laughs> no, but listen. In New York sports, every fan base has had a moment where they have uh, 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 abandoned their team. The Yankees, the Mets, the Giants, the Rangers. They have all at one point kind of been like, "What? What's going on?" The Knicks are always sold out. The Knicks fan base have never left. We've been getting fed shit for the last 30 years or 20 years, and we're still there every night. So, it's no, 40, I Matt, I'm, I'm totally with you. Fuck that guy. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, Dre acting like he don't he don't want to drink smart water and, and take a trip to Madison Square Garden. That's your problem. You need no, to you I, need to really. I was at no. MSG before. No, before everything shut down, me and my mother went to a Knicks game. Me and my mother, me and my mother. This, uh, I think this was the time. Well, we'll talk about that off camera. But yeah, I went to um, I went to the next game before. I'm saying like, James Dolan deserved. Look, I know this is this, this is supposed to be PG. I said say certain things, but oh, it's supposed it's, to be. It's I'm me. sorry, I curse. No, it's not supposed to be PG. We're not. We gonna edit out. We gonna edit this part out too. I'm gonna edit out. But Matt, don't OD. I might be the only one, right? When it was announced that James Dolan had COVID, I was like. Well, you see, <laughs> karma. Like, listen, I might have been the only one. I might. On, I don't on. know if I was the only one, but I, I look. Listen, listen. That's I'm gonna say this. Phil Jackson. I'm gonna say this. That's what you get. Oh man. James Dolan isn't the only affluent white man that's been prominent <laughs> in New York that recently came down with COVID. Where it's like, well, you know. God's plan is his plan. You can't, you know, you know, the, the other one, he, he ran, he ran a business under the, 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 the name of the United States of America. I'm not going to say no names directly that orange mother, whatever, Look, but I'm, there's some people that when they got COVID, it's like, well, you know, they had a good run. Hey, uh, you know, it happens. Like, it happens. I mean, I'm going to say it like this. Pete, take every the last time, word. Every time I hear Matt talk about James Dolan, I get, Time to kill Sam Jackson vibes. Where's like, yes, they deserve to die, and I hope he burns in hell. I hope so. 
Right. I ain't never want a man to trip Absolutely. and fall and knock out his two front teeth so bad in my life. I hate that man. I'm sorry. But what he's done to my what he's done to my fandom from the 90s all the way in the 2000s for giving away everybody in their mother for Carmelo Anthony, for Isaiah Thomas, for Phil Jackson, all of it. Chris Porzingis, all of it. All of it. Well, botching well, the LeBron thing, all of it. I can't stand that man. I hate that man and, with and, a passion. I'm sorry. I hate that. No, but that's why I say you, you can acknowledge his course correction, but he doesn't deserve a round of applause because through all of that, you were still repping Nick's tape. Three to the dome. It hurts. It really hurts. <laughs> I hate James, though. I swear to God. What? Move it. You never see this man on the street. Remember the scene the in Friday when he kept telling him to shut up? Shut, shut, say, it, say it again. That, right. That's Matt right now. Shut, say it one, say it one more again. I swear, <laughs> no. I swear if Matt, if Matt hating on James Dolan, put a curse on the Knicks. I want him to get the same smoke I got for hating on Brady. Look, it's not gonna. It's not the same. The Knicks got to make it to the to the Eastern Tom, Conference. Tom final. Brady has Tom Brady has to so much James more Dolan. influence than James Dolan does on the field. The Knicks got to make it. The Knicks got to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals in order for me to sit there and go, "I, right, I might right. lighten the fuck up." They got to make it right. there for right. like the last freaking two, what 20, 30 years. They barely got out the. They they they, they never made it out the first round. I'm aggravated. I'm, Let me go. I gotta. I gotta take a walk. I'm sorry. I'm upset already. All right. Well, as he gets back and he does his thing, yo. Um. Tom Brady again. Oh my (laughs) Jesus! So Tom Brady talking about that man. Yes. Yes. Because you, I I was going to save this for another time, but since you brought up his name. Uh, Thomas Brady, Super Bowl winning <laughs> champion, seven <devil>. times <laughs> the devil, <laughs> seven times Super Bowl winning champion, has a problem with a new NFL rule. The new rule allows more flexibility in um, number changes, so now people can wear single digit numbers. Before that was only for college players, now it's in the NFL. Of course, Tom Brady has a problem with it. Maybe he was um, half joking. He was halfway joking with it. But um, he doesn't think he's a good idea because now you're not going to know who to block. Because, you know, linemen wear certain certain numbers. Receivers wear certain numbers. Backs, uh, defensive backs wear certain numbers. Blase, blase. So my question to you, Pete. My question. You might as well just get the symbol and put it in the promo. This is the promo picture. Parental advisory. This is this is gonna be that type of episode. I see. Pete, this, this this is gonna be all right. Pete, Pete. I got next, Pete. <laughs> Your thoughts on um the goat comments about don't call that man that. Don't call him the that. goat's comments about I spent seventeen dollars um, on a bucket of popcorn with a buccaneers. Symbol on at WrestleMania. Don't call that man the goat. I blame him for a lot of things, like Pete. Aaron Rodgers getting the ball taken out of his hand when he could have been in the Super Bowl, like that. That. You know what? Go ahead, Pete. Go ahead. Pete. 
Hey, man, I'm upset. You want to talk about the Knicks and James going there? We're going to talk about Tom Brady. That's what we're going to say. Pete, go. <laughs> First of all, I hate Tom Brady. Um, But... <laughs> I hate Tom Brady. Stop. Bro, I hate his stop. ancestors. I hate his ancestors' ancestors. How you hate his ancestors? I hate the guys that came over on the Mayflower that ended up being Tom Brady ancestors. Okay. <laughs> okay, I hate them all. Um, simply because they made Tom Brady. Um, but, okay. Brady, shut up. Shut the hell up, right? Let me be real honest, right? So, previous to this rule change, only kickers, punters, and quarterbacks could wear single-digit numbers. Okay? So, zero to nine, you could not wear if you were any other position besides a kicker, a punter, or a a quarterback. So, how in the world, okay, are you not going to know who to block? First off, why are you looking at numbers to know who to block, to know who to hit? Okay. And first of all, secondly, okay, if you ain't kicking the ball or throwing the ball, then I can hit you. That's it. If you ain't kicking it or throwing it, I can hit you. Okay. That's it. Okay. Tom Brady need to shut up. Okay. Tom Brady need to go play somewhere in the snow where there ain't no damn footballs, okay? He need to retire. 30 years ago, needed to retire, okay? Can somebody, like- call, can somebody call Mo Lewis so he can put a hit on Tom Brady the same way he put a hit on Bledsoe? Please. That, that really Please. Happened? Somebody. Yeah. Yes, that happened. <laughs> that happened. That's how Tom Brady got his job. Mo Lewis hit, uh, hit Bledsoe so hard, okay, Bledsoe damn near retired on the field right there and then, okay? Brady Brady came out of nowhere and became the starting quarterback, and then all of a sudden, we get what we got, okay? The Jets kind of brought this on themselves, but you know what? At the same time, no one thought this was going to happen, okay? Someone find Debo, someone find somebody, get Tom Brady off the football field. Matt, first of all, one, you heard about blockers, and you've been blocking us from eternal happiness of the Super Bowl for freaking 20 years. Let's throw that out there. One, that, that's one. Number two, who cares about the numbers? The colors is what you need to be worried about. The colors, if it ain't matching your jersey, that's who you need to run from. Shut the hell up. This is stupid stuff. Like, who cares? It's numbers. No. I didn't mute him. Also, also, you know, NFL players have to pay money, right? So if you hold want to on, change- Hold on, hold on, hold on, Pete. <laughs> Matt, you were going so hard you knocked your mic, mic out? <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably for the best. <laughs> you know, if, if you want to change your jersey number for the upcoming season, you actually have to buy out the, uh, uh, the entire uh, allotment of jerseys that have been produced with your current number for the current season in order for you to change your number in, in season for that mm-hmm. upcoming season. So if, if players want to change their number for 2021, they have to buy out every single Jersey that the NFL has 
uh, of theirs with that number so that the NFL can then change the jersey. If they don't want to do it until 2022, they don't have to do that. By that time, Tom Brady be 87 years old in a walk or go home. No all one right, cares. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Joe Kim, your thoughts on, on this? I hate Tom Brady. <laughs> I don't – I. it's it's just stupid either way. None of it makes sense. It's pointless. Uh, he, I, I would say he's saying it in jest, um, because if a six foot nine, four hundred pound guy was headed my way, I don't think the number he's wearing is gonna matter, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I, I don't have any comment on it because it's just, it feels kind of like something that was thrown out there just to kind of gather some buzz because no right. one's really talking about the NFL right now. Yeah, I I think he he was messing around, but yeah, you know they hear Pete and, and Matt here. Uh, Thomas, they probably they broke Brady. the story to piss them both off. Right, clearly, 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 he, he had to have. Can but, he play around and retire? No, he's gonna play around and get, go eight for eleven. Oh my god! <laughs> if he gets eight, Pete is gonna have a stroke. <laughs> he's definitely gonna have a stroke. Oh man. <laughs> Peak like when when he wins the Super Bowl, Pete Glasses is gonna explode off his face. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Oh man. man! I hate this man. Oh, I hate Tom Brady. Hilarious! Oh, we lost Matt. We lost Matt. He should be back in a second. So, real quick thing, um, Joaquin. Yep. Real quick, give people a rundown. Like, um, tell us a little bit about Battle Club Pro. All right. Well, for you, for you guys who might not know, uh, Battle Club Pro is an all-inclusive, independent professional wrestling company that started in the Bronx and has since moved to places like Connecticut, Queens, New Jersey, and Brooklyn. Uh, for the most part, we try our best to run in Brooklyn. I'm a, you know, I'm from Bed Stuy. I wanna, I wanna, sh- you know, provide my where I became a product of my environment and became better than what the statistics say. I want to provide uh, a platform for. People showcase their talents. Um, we have a upcoming show May 29th. I'm really proud. I've worked really hard. Jobber Tears has worked really hard. You know, other sponsors. Uh, not gonna name names, but a lot of people have been working on my behalf because they believe in my product, and I genuinely, you know, love and thank all you guys because I believe in your guy, you guys. I believe in your product. I believe in what you put out there. Um, I do my best to not work with people unless I genuinely feel good things from them. Uh, so we're and, you know, Jobber Tears and, you know, everything down the line, title match, uh, 20 by 20, you name it. Like, you know, I believe in you guys because you guys and you guys, you know, in turn believe in me. So I always want to just put what's best, you know, out there, you know, the best wrestling possible um, without killing myself, killing you guys. Um, would love for everybody to come out if you're watching this. Uh, you know, even if you can't come out, maybe you can stream it, maybe you can watch it on title match. You know, if they put it up on the YouTube, anything, you know, just in support. Um, it's what my vision of pro wrestling is, and, and, and it reflects my vision of life, which is inclusivity, you know, pro black, pro Latino, pro LGBT. You know, it's not gonna what you look like and what you are isn't gonna dictate whether you have an opportunity, it's your ability to wrestle, and for far too long people who are you know who face being marginalized in regular life uh have gotten that tenfold in pro wrestling and i want to bring those kind of people to the forefront you know latinos latinas you know african-americans 
uh, um, especially the LGBT community. Like, you know, our first franchise champion, Anthony Bowen, is openly gay, half black, half Italian. That's what I want to put out there because that's what I know growing up, you know, very pro-woman. Uh, I've always been a, a person who said, you know, if you want something done right, you have a woman do it because all of us have experienced how strong our mothers are. When you don't know how they get shit done, they have gotten it done. You know, look, we're all we're four minorities here. None of us are dead or in jail. You know, that's a testament to the work that our moms put in. So I'm super pro woman. Um, and, you know, I've got I'm so hyped with this show. It's actually our first ever two part show. May the franchise reign. We're going to we're going to be crowning a new franchise champion. But I'm going to give the icons champion Tasha Steeles. She's going to main event the show. She's going to have a barn burner. And when that match match announcement comes, it's going to be great. I am just super excited. Uh, and, you know, thank you, Dre, for having me on, you know, be able to plug away. And, you know, please, you know, buy tickets on brownpapertickets.com. We're always looking for sponsors. I am incredibly humbled to say we have almost 30 sponsors for May the Franchise Reign. And it's, again, it's all people I believe in because you put something out into the universe with the intention of making pro wrestling and as a microcosm, hopefully turning into a macrocosm, going from pro wrestling to change the world for the better. And that's what we're all about. Absolutely. That that is amazing. Uh it's a quick battle battle club story for me, real quick before we get into the smoke section. Um I have to post it on a wall because I keep po- uh, keep pointing at it. But my my first battle club show was May the Queen Reign. And it was my birthday weekend <laughs> that week, May 26th. Um out in the same spot, you're gonna, you're gonna do it. It was a funny story. That was the first time me meeting Joaquin, and I was with um Janelina. And it, when Joaquin is working the show, he goes from this to just on a million, and it's because he's trying to get everything right. So I'm walking in with Janelle. Who's this? He said, We were, oh, he's not with us. All right, you guys are outside. I was like, All right, cool. <laughs> But we've been cool ever since. We've been cool ever since then because I understand how hard he works, and and I understand like when you're in that mode, you're just you're just going, you're just going. And um, that was my second ever like independent. That was I think that was my second ever wrestling show. Um, and when the opportunity for for me to have uh for us to have the Euro Sports Show came about. And saying that we're going to start sponsoring events, and you know, a lot of things that were supposed to happen last year didn't, but um, we got a chance this year to um, sponsor an event. I said the first event I wanted to sponsor was whatever Joakim is doing because Joakim has let me in behind the scenes and 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 talked to me about a lot of things, not just um, wrestling related, not just you know podcast related, but life related things. So and and. It's not like I'm saying, oh, I owe Joakim uh, like like money or anything, but <laughs> Joakim didn't have to, you know, he didn't have to do some of the things he's done for me personally and for the network as a whole. So I thought for us, our first event to sponsor would definitely be a Battle Club Pro Show. So thank you for even giving us the opportunity to to sponsor and you know to and for me personally to be around all of it to be a part of the process. You know, thank it's, you it's so, funny. thank you so much for those words, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny, Dang, Dre. You know, you you Hold say on. that. Hold on, let's talk finish. Hey, hey, oh, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, nah, nah, nah. You finish. We're gonna mute. mute. <laughs> <laughs> 
Go ahead. Basically, um, just, you know, my thing is, and, and you know, follow along with me. Uh-huh. Parents' job is always to make sure that their child ends up better than they are so that when they're gone, they can carry a legacy not only related to the family, but where one where you can create and, and your own, but continue to be better. So I was taught that way. Like, let's make it better. Who the hell am I? Wrestling, I, I owe wrestling nothing. You know, mm-hmm. in this business, you give everything you get, uh, you give everything you give, and if you get something in return, you be, you're humble and you're appreciative of it. Who am I to keep you out? Like, all I want, you know, I say it every time, whether it's on Jabba Tears, whether it's, you know, taboo to say here, I'm sorry, but whether it's on ta- uh, True Heels, whether it's on Simon Miller's, there's more than enough in on this earth for everybody to eat. Mm-hmm. And if we're all eating, then we're all winning. And that should be the that should be the that should be the mission is everything is being better than where you you found it, and and you know you've got a great mind for the business and even outside of wrestling outside of sports just on a personal level like yeah. I've been invested in you and Amanda because I see the actual genuine love there and I appreciate that as your friend as someone that wants to see you win you know I had a two hour conversation with Peter to uh, a little bit a little bit ago. And he was just telling me all this prosperity he's coming into. And I'm like, that's amazing. And that's what I want. The first time we met, um, I met Matt and Legends and we were just kicking it. And all of a sudden I see that he knows Joey. And it was just like, oh, man, this dude is family. We didn't even know, but we're just family. And that's how it should always be. Like, competition is great, but Mm -hmm. it should always be competition in the hopes that you're not only making your competitors better, you're making yourself better so that the world is better. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely, Pete. Now you talk. <laughs> no, I, I apologize. I, I didn't hear Joaquin uh, going. I apologize for that. Um, but no, and, and Joaquin brought that up. You know, uh, him and I, you know, had a, a two-hour conversation about things going on behind the scenes. You know, just a couple of days ago, I remember. You know, I remember, and this is going to be a way. But I remember Battle by the Six, right? I remember Fight Forever. I remember Joaquin trying to find a way to sit behind a commentary desk. When literally the space by the co- between the commentary wall and the ring was this big, right? Um, at at the point, right? And and I was always very grateful because Joakim and and Carlos, who was originally a part of Battle Club Pro in the beginning, you know, allowed me an opportunity even in the very beginning to be a part of that team and a part of that family. Um, and I got to be, you know, I had already been, you know, I had already been in the business for a couple of years. And I felt like a kid in a candy store being at Battle Club. Bro. They let me be in the back with guys like Anthony Bowens and Drew Galloway and, uh, and, 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 and members of MSK before they became MSK, right? And all of these great talent, right? And a lot of what I do as, you know, what I end up doing as a pro wrestling, as creating pro wrestling and, and booking pro wrestling and doing things came – Honestly, because a lot of the talent that I can honestly say that I'm with now or I work with, have worked with over the last couple of years have either come through exposure to them from Battle Club Pro or exposure through the transitive property from people I've worked with at Battle Club Pro. Um, And what they've been able to do there from Fight by the Six all the way to now May the Franchise Reign you know, it, it has been incredible. When you talk about wrestling, building, building, building to that crescendo, they've just been building. And just, you know, there's been times where you think, oh, man, 
they can't top that. And they top it and they do better, you know, and they, and they keep going on. And Joakim says, you know, he's eating nobody in it and stuff like that. I told Joakim when we spoke on the phone that couple of days ago, man, I look at him as somebody that when I'm like, you know, I look at him as somebody that I would look up to in the business in terms of just like, man, this guy does some great stuff. This guy does some stuff that I'm inspired by. There have been battle club matches and battle club shows that I've gone to that have legitimately, and I've never said this publicly, legitimately inspired some of the booking decisions I made when I was putting together matches and when I was doing things. And so uh, it's great to see battle club back. It's great to see them coming back, not only coming back, but coming back, as such a force. Um, and I just hope that moving forward with the things that I'm involved with and my continued involvement uh, with the wrestling business and, and Battle Club Pro, that I can not only do for Battle Club Pro, what Battle Club Pro has helped do for me, but also something where 10, 15 years down the line, you know, me and Joakim and Dre and everybody look at each other like, man, we all did this in our own ways, but at the end of the day, we all did it together as well. Absolutely. And- and speaking to that, uh, you know, we made a bit of a, a, a formal announcement that, you know, Battle Club Pro in conjunction with Federated, we're going to be opening up like a school. Um, you know, we're going to be putting it out there for aspiring wrestlers, uh, a safe space, you know, uh, a space where trained wrestlers will have private ring time. But, you know, going forward, when we start doing tapings for content for the Battle Club page, uh, for title match, um, I've already told Pete, so I'm, you know, I'm going to formally announce it here. I'd love for him to sit back next to me for commentary so that we can start discovering brand new talent together. So, Pete, I'm happy to bring you aboard, brother. Dude, it's, you know, me and you have had, I think we can count on maybe what, one hand, the number of times we've been able to be on commentary. But every time Joakim and I are on commentary, it is a hell of a time. We've worked together at Five Borough. We've worked together, almost died at Five Borough together. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, we, we worked together uh, at, at, at BCW a couple of times. We got lucky to do that as well. So, I am um, when he when he told me I was just like completely shocked. I'd be more than honored, and um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a treat. It really is. Definitely can't wait to see the, um, the school open, and I can't wait to see you two on commentary. It's gonna be crazy. So Matt, <laughs> to wrap up the show, you have something you want to talk about in the smoke section, and let's get into it real quick. Hot. Joe, can you like that beat? That beat was dope. dope. I made that. Anyway. You make Smoke beats, sex. we definitely yeah. got to talk. If you make beats, we definitely got to talk. Definitely, yeah. But we're going to talk. We're going to talk. But the smoke has been full this week. Now, I don't know if you've been listening to your from, from day one, but me and Dre have been real high on one man in particular. Well, he's a duo, right? But his partner's kind of injured, can't, he ain't, you know, he's on one leg, can't really play right now. But we've been talking about the two bad, the two light skinned bad bitches of the West. We're talking about light skinned Jesus, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson. But Clay Thompson is hurt. So it left a little doubt for the Golden State Warriors, right? We didn't expect a lot, but we expected something. But what this brother has been giving us is nothing 
short of remarkable. Absolutely. Turning buckets into wine. Usually they say it's water. No. No. It's wine. Every time light-skinned Jesus come from half court, go run, hide, bombs away, Steph Curry just hit a shot. This man has beat the great Kobe Bryant, my mentality, in most consecutive games scoring 30 points. He hit 30. He hit 11. And he he, he hit a dry spell. You know, the Wizards stopped him a little bit. But he came back last night and he went off. Off. So with the smoke section, I'm dedicating it to light-skinned Jesus, Stephen Curry, a.k.a. My favorite for MVP. I'm putting it out there right now. Because what he did to Joker, what he did to him. Dre, you saw it? You saw it. When he had 18 points and eight, and eight rebounds, while Steph Curry had like 40. He had No, he had 32, I'm lying. But he had 32, but he also beat him in rebounds. My man needs to be in the talks for MVP. Because what he's doing for the Warriors, who we all thought they're not going to be much of a playoff team, especially without Klay Thompson, look at them. Look at them. They are winning. Shockingly, they're winning. I, I'm not even going to lie to you. I, I didn't expect it, but they're winning. And Steph Curry is really coming into his Jesus form because that man is killing Killing. He's right now. I think he's leading the league in scoring. Jay, he's leading the league in scoring right now, right? I think yes, by by point two or point one. Who cares? It's Steph Curry. It's Jesus. <laughs> we talking about. It's Jesus. We talking about. I don't care if it was point point point. He's still pointing, hitting dimes, killing the league. He is leading a new era in the NBA. With this masterpiece of shooting that we have been witnessing, my man needs to be MVP over Joel Embiid. You damn skip your peanut butter and jelly over Joel Embiid. <laughs> we're I'm not saying. here. We're not here to have this conversation. This 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 section is dedicated to Steph Curry. <laughs> it is but. Steph Curry. We talking about Pete. Sing my man, Graces. Sing it. Sing it. And killing the league right now. <laughs> now don't get me wrong, Joel Embiid is all right. He, he, he's been killing, but he was he was out a couple. He was out for a good couple games. Same thing with Dame Dollars, which who was my favorite at first because he was killing the league too. Right? He was doing he was doing something special. But Joker, after last night, when I saw him go against that man, that light skinned man with the pretty eyes, who be killing the league. And just it's just a, a a marksman and a, an assassin. You literally gotta hold him as soon as he get out of his out of his car in the parking lot. That man needs to be MVP. I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm not. No. I want to ask a question before we no. go. Before we go. No, no. no. Honest question. <laughs> we talked about the Knicks earlier. Uh-huh. Warriors, my, Warriors could possibly make the playoffs. In the opinion of the table. Who would you least want to face in the first round of the playoffs? The Knicks or the Warriors? Quick answer, the Knicks. Knicks. Quick Knicks. answer, the Knicks. The Knicks. Quick answer, the Knicks. They play defense and, they, and, they're, and they're able to score. There, there's no answer for Julius Randle right now. I'm sorry. You see what he, he scored 20 in the first in the first half just now. Right. <laughs> he literally just right. scored. 
And, and I think he's in he's en route to 30. I think he already has 30, if I'm not mistaken. He's at the free throw line as we're speaking. But, yeah, the Knicks is, Knicks is dangerous. They're a dangerous team. You don't know what to expect, especially scoring-wise. You don't know what to expect scoring-wise because Julius Randle is going to give you what he's going to give you. It's more or less his other, you know, because it it fluctuates within each game. You don't know who's going who's gonna to step up to the plate. It could be Nerland Noles. It could be um, R.J. Barrett. Well, Richard Robinson, he's gone. But, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know. When you're facing the Warriors, it's just Steph Curry. I mean, Kelly Oubre had, like, 23 last night, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. I believe Draymond. Draymond is Draymond. You're going to get what you're going to get out of Draymond. He's not a scoring prowess. He's he's a defender. And he's, and he's, he's, he's intensive. That's it. And um, what's the other dude? Wiggins? Yeah. <laughs> Not, there's not much to say about Williams. I'm sorry. He, he's going to get what he's going to get from Williams. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, the next. It's definitely the next. Absolutely. Absolutely. Steph Curry's MVP. Thank you. Thank you, Joakim, for joining us. This will not be the last time you will be on. Definitely. We appreciate you. Um, you're welcome to come on anytime. So, um, Joakim, tell people where to find you. At Joe Kim Morales on everything, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter and Instagram, X Battle Club Pro, Facebook.com forward slash Battle Club Pro. Our tickets are on sale at Brown Paper Tickets. You know, we got special. Uh, it's uh, You save money, save $10, $20, $30 if you get both shows on one ticket. Um, you know, please come out, support. We'd love to see you. If, if you're watching this and your concern is COVID, We'll have two industrial strength air purifiers. I personally bought KN95 masks for everyone that'll be in attendance. We'll have hand sanitizers and we'll have temperature checks. Everyone in terms of performance will provide negative COVID results or they won't be on the show. So if your concern is COVID, we will be COVID safe. 35% of the max capacity, social distance, well, physical distancing. We hope you guys will be social there. So please come out, support. It, it will be as safe as possible. You know, I don't want anyone's illness on my hands, so I'm doing everything to make sure it's safe. And, you know, again, like I always say, this is my vision of wrestling on a canvas using some of the best athletes in the world. Please come out, enjoy, support, and thank you in advance. And if, you, if you're there, let me thank you in person. Thanks again, Dre, Pete, Matt. You guys were awesome. I love this. It was so cool. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us again. You're always welcome. Um, Shouts to Queen Tay. She should be back really, really soon. Shouts to the Jabberteers Network as a whole. All the shows, Two and a Half Bros, Sazon Talk, us at the Your Sports Show, um, our sister show, the Jabberteers Podcast, um, and um, Talk of Champions. Um, We have a new um, show under the Your Sports banner called um, Brooklyn BS with me and and BK Matt. Um, The first episode dropped. Um, definitely a good listen. Um, shout out to everybody who listened to that. Um, we all have a lot of things coming down the pipe, so definitely can't wait for it. So, for the voice of a generation, Pete Rosado. For, for BK Matt. For Joe Keen Money Morales. It is your boy, Big Baby, signing off. Peace.